0: Welcome to the Career Medicine Podcast. This is uh, your host, Nisar Ahmad. This is episode 72 of the Career Matters podcast, and this is a continuation of uh, the Career Expert series uh, where I've interviewed career experts who share their ideas uh, for today's job seekers, freelancers on um, different avenues of the career, whether it's job search, finding a new job, switching uh, to a new career, etc. And for today's uh, Career Expert series episode, I'm interviewing Chizzy. Uh, she, she helps create global careers uh, that entails helping people live and work around the world. Uh, Chizzy, hi. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Did I say your name properly?
1: <laughs> you did. I was smiling on the other side. You got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I also have a not-so-common name, so I always make it a point to say my guest's name properly. One of my first questions I always ask my guests is, where are they calling from?
1: I am calling in from the New York City area right now.
0: Awesome. I think it's a city that really doesn't need an introduction. Almost everyone from around the world knows a little bit or a lot about New York City. But for fun, maybe you can share with us something that most people do not know unless they have been to the city or lived there for a while.
1: About New York City? Sure. A lot of people don't know that... The bulk of the people that are in New York City, Manhattan, don't live there. <laughs> so I, I'm actually in North Jersey, which is like half an hour from the city. Um those so five boroughs around the city and all the hustle and bustle really comes from people coming from all the five boroughs plus people coming from the North Jersey suburbs plus people coming from the Connecticut suburbs and that's something you wouldn't know unless you've been in the city a lot and know a lot of people and spend a lot of time there. So it's, it's That's why New York is such a hustle and bustle. It's people from all different directions coming in every day.
0: I have visited New York a few times as a tourist. Even last time I was there for work uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, across the river, across the uh, Hudson River, I think. it's Is it the Hudson River, New Jersey? Okay. So it is so true. And it's how you know, a lot of people do not realize how easy it is to, I mean, the transportation system is amazing. So yes, most people do come from other parts of the world, other parts of the city or outside, other cities as well. Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to start off by learning a little bit more about yourself, uh, your journey and how you came about doing what you're doing today.
1: Sure. I'm actually going to take you guys back to a moment that is what I like to call my international aha moment. Um, I grew up in a very international environment, traveling a lot as a child, my family from Nigeria. So we spent our summers going there and sometimes even Christmas. When I was in college where I think I was a junior, my international marketing class, I went to Temple University. I'll never forget. At the time I wasn't the most motivated. So plopped down in my seat, to the left side of the classroom in hall, And I was ready to not pay attention, (laughs) right? Um, My professor, Professor Lawrence Duke, he said something that literally changed the trajectory of my life. When I worked in Japan and I sat up and I was like, wait, what? A light went off in my head and it was like, you can do that? So I went from doodling and trying to hide at the side of the room to being all ears and really seeing like that class and that message was meant for me. So for me, that was the exact message that made me understand you can work in places outside of the country you're from, right? Being from Nigeria, I assume, well, I can work there because that's where I'm from, but I can also work in the U.S. because that's where we immigrated to. And that's about it. When he said that, I said, wow, there's this older white man was able to work in Japan. How does that work? And from there, that was the moment of curiosity that became like my career calling. Um, Fast forward, I took that calling and took that curiosity, attended grad school abroad. So I didn't study abroad. I was a full on like international student. So I was an American going to school in another country. So when I was living abroad, I was an international student, which was really interesting for me. And then fast forward, um, I loved it so much. I just continued on a path to seeking out international experiences for myself. However, I knew, Towards the end of my journey, I kind of knew that this was more than something from me. It was a moment when I heard a real important lesson, which was that your gifts are not for you and your pain is not for you. So by that, I mean all the struggles I went through is so that I can help other people. But also all the great experiences that I went through around the world was also so that I can help other people and help other people recreate their own experience and really experience the world beyond traveling and beyond being employed.
0: So that's an interesting uh, nonlinear career path. And that seems to be the trend with many of the experts of the guests I interview, Uh, they don't necessarily start off in school. uh, Thinking about where they will be today, the path just takes them and they make it a career. And many of them now help others do the same thing. Um, So, the question I have is when I listen, someone listening to this saying, oh, okay, um, this sounds daunting, um, but what, why would I want to move? Uh, so if someone stopped you and said, hey, Chizzy, um yeah, it sounds great, but why would I leave Canada or U.S.? What are the benefits of wanting to live and work abroad anywhere else other than U.S. or Canada?
1: Sure. Well, first I would say to them, well, You don't have to move, right? I'm a true believer in finding the prompt that fits your ideal lifestyle. So by that I mean, you can decide, I want to move abroad and be a digital nomad, or I want to move, and for those listening, digital nomad likes to move abroad and you basically work remotely and you can kind of bounce around, or you can move completely abroad as an expat and relocate. Or you can stay where you are and get a job that allows you to travel as part of your job. That might be as a flight attendant. That might be as an international event planner. It can be in a myriad of ways. So the first thing I would tell them is there's a lot of different are truly that you get to experience the things that you once heard about when you were in fifth grade social studies class. You get to really understand what it's like to be a local in Paris, right, or whatever your age group is, you know, what does it look like to be a millennial in India? What does it look like to be a millennial that's living and working uh, in Dubai, in Europe, in Africa, in Asia? So the benefits for me are so, so many, but the most immediate ones is really this unexplainable experience that you can't even foresee, right? Because I can only tell you my benefits everyone else has these stories where they're like well let me tell you how it changed and transformed my life but it's really an experience that you can't plan no matter what you do but i can guarantee you that it will change you for the better it'll transform you it'll increase your empathy and most of all it gives you really authentic connections and relationships around the world and what's not awesome about that
0: so, Chizzy, you covered some of the benefits, some of the benefits being your ability to be in another culture, help develop empathy, help develop authentic connections. Uh, I wanted to go back to one thing you mentioned during this uh, question is there are three types of travel careers, like one of them, digital nomads, expats. The third one is a traveling person. Uh, i love for you to expand on those a little bit so sure. people, people understand exactly what they are.
1: Sure. No problem. So it's really that there are thousands of different ways that you can establish and create a global career for yourself. But I've distilled it down into three high level categories, meaning similar to one work in college, they say to you, oh, you want to be an accountant? So you should be in the business school and take the, account- take the accounting classes. And that's like the accounting track, right? Some people you've heard them say, I'm on track to be a lawyer. Uh, in undergrad, there's no classes that you need to take to be a lawyer, but there's classes that are recommended. If you're on track to be a doctor, you're taking your pre-med. So it's in that same space where follow a certain track, and the track is at very high level, but it keeps you focused. So those three tracks are digital nomad, expat, and jet setter. I'll go into a little bit of detail. If you're a digital nomad, you can live and work. You Work remotely. So your job is wherever your computer is. Now, the beauty of all of these are you can do it as an employee, you can do it as a consultant or freelancer, or you can do it as a full-blown entrepreneur. Uh, I know your audience is probably looking more for the um, job aspects, right?
0: Yeah, the audience, I have two types of audience, job seekers and freelancers as well. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they're they usually uh, looking – for a career, working somewhere.
1: Perfect. So as a digital nomad, you can definitely become a, you can land a remote job and you probably work for a company that has a distributed team where, you know, there's a lot of companies out there like Buffer, for example, or TopTal, and they have 100% distributed teams. TopTal prides themselves and like they don't have an office anywhere. There are companies that have like We have an office, but we let some people work remotely. You can also do that as a freelancer where you're like, you know, I'm going to be a full-time freelancer and just get some clients, whether it's I'm going to be a social media consultant or I'm going to be a project manager, or I'm going to be a you know graphic designer as a freelancer. So you don't have to start a full-blown business. It's just freelancing and doing different projects to sustain you. Now as a expat, you will say, okay, well, I want to fully immerse myself in one place. And you'll pick up your stuff and relocate to the country of your choice with the intention of staying there for a while. So that's like the big difference between the digital nomad and the expat. The digital nomad is a type of expat because you're still relocating, but chances are you're staying in places for short short amounts of time, right? A month, three months, maybe six months. Most expats are moving somewhere and staying there for a couple of years, hopefully. Um, and those are jobs where you can, you can do that in different ways. So for me, I was an expat going to grad school in another country. Some people study abroad, but I literally was a student at that university. It was the American University of Paris. Um, you can do it as a career where you can work for The un and they'll move you to wherever their offices are So, for example like there's unesco has an office in paris you can do it as a foreign service officer you end up in a lot of different places depending on what location you get put in around the world there's the peace corps um there's so many and then there's also just jobs out there that you can get where you're moving abroad like you can work for a university abroad I know a couple that's working for American universities that are in Prague and they got up and relocated and moved there. You can teach English abroad. The list goes on and on, right? But even with that list, that's all under this expat track. Uh, And then the third one is what we call a jet setter. So you stay in your home country, but you get yourself a job that is travel related. So by that, I mean... It doesn't mean you're in the travel industry. So the first thing people might think of is, I would love to be a flight attendant because then I fly around the world. That's one way to do it. But you might end up being a conference planner for a company that's global. And so every year you're planning a conference in a different country. But maybe the company has nothing to do with travel, right? And so there's a lot of different options in that space too, where you know you want to stay in your home country, but you still want travel, to be part of your job and there's benefits to all of them. And I would say, I like to look at it as a spectrum. And on one end is like low risk, which is I want to stay here, but I still want the experience. And that's the jet setter and then the expat and then the digital nomad, which is, I want to pick up and leave everything that I know and just jump right in and start a whole new life in a whole other country.
0: Thanks for that. Because I'm sure people, who have thought about traveling uh, probably are not familiar with the different types. So you can either get a job that allows you to travel, you move to another country, or you can just move along, move from one place to another as a digital nomad. Um, and I wanted to ask you a question because you do run a group, you help others, a uh, Facebook group, you help others with this as well. Um, where do you, when, when people want to get started, where, where do you see them struggling? Like what do you, where do you see some of these challenges they face uh, when they're ready to do something like this?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I always remind members of my Facebook community and my clients that they're not alone because you know what I see happening? Everybody, no matter what track they want to follow or no matter what like industry, everybody has uttered the same exact thing to me. Where do I start? So everyone has been struggling with the lack of knowing like where to start, where to focus their time. What to do, how to select places to go, and so in that that starting point seems to be a very daunting task for mostly everyone. Um, I had a a family come to me and ask me like, "Well, we want to move abroad, but first we want to start by living abroad for at least one summer while the kids are off from school, so we're going to spend two months abroad, and they're like, "Well, where do I start how do like what do i how do I know what to look for when I am going to make this move, even if it's just for two months, right? And they knew what country they wanted to go to, whereas most people don't even know that piece. So the big pieces are where do I start in terms of how do I select the country? And then what else should I make sure that I'm covering when it comes to different elements of this search that I should look for when I am like, let's go abroad for two months. So those different factors that are important.
0: Do you find that, uh, there's, there are certain destinations that people, most people gear towards or it varies from one person to another?
1: It varies, but I think the popular ones are the ones that are actually the most cosmopolitan and they happen to be the most expat friendly. So for example, like Paris is a very cosmopolitan friendly city. Um, and I think that comes from, you know, the James Baldwin's of the world, the Josephine Bakers of the world. And just the people that have made it a place where when you go abroad, and of course, it's definitely been uh, glamorized in television shows like Sex in the City. And so there's some places where they're just commercially known, right? Like we always say things like, oh, you know, this football player put that city on the map, right? Um, there are some cities in the world that are already on the map. And mm-hmm. I think those would be the, the Parises of the world, the Londons, the Dubais. Um, and right now, there is a shift where there's a lot of places that are becoming the nor- the common and the normal places that are being named. Not normal, but um, repeating. A lot of people are going to. So like the digital nomads, there are places that are trending. One of them was Thailand, uh, specifically Shang Mai and Bangkok, because currency quality of life um and it's just a great place for digital nomads one of the newer ones that i've been seeing is colombia and even prague and then there's several others that they trend because a lot of people will flock to them and then people say wait i'll try it too so there's some places in mexico right now where people are saying that's that's a great place for me as a digital nomad costa rica same thing so i think it goes in waves where Some people hear about a a place. That sounds good. Let me try it too.
0: Awesome. So, uh, some of the names I've heard myself as well. I have some friends who are doing it. Um, Thailand has always been famous. Uh, So, going back to you mentioned challenges, you mentioned where they struggle with where do they start, what should I do. So, let's uh, let's say they have figured that out. Let's say they already have, like, let's say someone is a digital marketer or someone is in software. Or someone is in remote sales; they figured out what career uh, they know where to go. In your experience, what are some of the things people have done—the uh, successful ones—when uh, they what? What are some of the first few steps they take once they uh, start this journey?
1: Now, are you talking about once they have actually figured out where they want to go, and then they're looking for that job abroad, or after they get there?
0: Uh, so they have figured out. Let's say, let's say someone has already figured out, I'm going to go to Colombia let's say um and many people they they are at that stage and they already know what they want to do uh, what what are the what, what do people usually do then like the people who you work with uh, i'm looking for like actionable steps that people can take
1: oh absolutely so once you know where you want to go you then have to actually make sure that your mindset is ready for this journey the hardest part about this journey is actually the mental piece and i say that because We're going to be surrounded by people that don't support us. Sometimes that's going to be family. Sometimes it's going to be your closest friends, and they just don't get it, right? As leaders, we have to be very prepared for other people not seeing our journey and then also even trying to convince us to not follow that, I'm sorry, not journey, vision, and to not follow that vision. So your mindset is the very first thing. When you have that, when you're aware of the mental challenges because everyone will have them, that's when you set yourself up for success. So the first thing you do is really become mindful and aware of what you face, who you face. And then of course, some of the, I like to say inner Kermit, some of the things your inner Kermit is going to tell you like why you can't do it. So are you familiar with the memes that came out online last year where it was Kermit the Frog and then in the mirror was Kermit the Frog in a black hoodie? And it was really just a very great symbol of how a lot of our inner selves try to talk ourselves out of the things that we really want to do. Um, have you seen those?
0: I personally, ha- personally haven't seen those, um, okay. to, be, to be honest.
1: No problem. So if you haven't seen those, it's really just that internal struggle where it's like we often talk ourselves out of some things so i think the first thing is really understanding like that's going to happen and it happens to everyone resistance happens so the successful people understand that and they prepare for that every step of the way cuz it's not like okay after after 30 days i'm ready it's going to come up and keep coming up um and to combat that they surround themselves with people that are on a similar journey and surrounding yourself with people sometimes isn't physical it's it can be as simple as and as powerful as being part of a virtual community, which is why communities are so important. And I, that's why I started my community so people can see I'm not alone on this journey. And then also people have done this successfully and it's people that I have access to. So that's huge. Um, after that, they focus. The big thing I see a lot of people do is, and I've done this myself too, you go from one to the other and you flip flop back and forth and then nothing happens, right? So you make up your mind and you say, all right, I'm a digital marketing spe- specialist and I'm going to get a job in Columbia and move there. Awesome. But then a few weeks later, you're like, no, I think I'm going to do graphic design because I kind of like graphic design. Um, and instead, I'm going to look for, I'm just going to, you know, get some clients as a freelancer and move to Thailand. And then you just keep going back and forth. Now, I think that it's great to have options but you have to focus within you have to have options within that realm of focus. So by that I mean digital marketing there's a lot of options even within that And then Columbia, you can be flexible about your location but you still really focus on one track at a time. So the successful people they stay focused on what they're doing until they see either one results that gets them further or they say you know what I've been at this for a long time. It's not getting me the results. So I've tested it. I haven't failed. I've tested it. And I've seen that this isn't the path for me. So now it's time to try something else.
0: So the key is to, the mindset is really important. Having a good community or like-minded individuals is important and also having a proper focus. uh, Because if you know what you want and you're focused on the path, then your your chances of, likelihood of, success increases.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And being open to other things, right? Because if somebody says to you, I don't have anything for you as a digital marketer, but do you want to come teach English for a year abroad and you'll still be in Colombia, So maybe you'll meet the people that will hire you for the following year to be a digital marketer. Absolutely be open to those, right? Because it's not linear. And so perhaps you don't get your first job offer or your your dream job choice right out of the gate. But if a certain opportunity comes, that gets you closer to it. Then by all means, don't be attached to the fact that you didn't get your dream the first time around.
0: Fair enough. So the next, I would like to get into uh, real life, uh, uh, examples. Uh, It could be either yourself or someone, you know, in your network or group who have, uh, uprooted themselves from wherever they were studied or lived and have done this. So can you, would you mind sharing some examples? So people can understand what is possible.
1: Sure. So you want to know about people that have just gotten up and moved somewhere, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, for example, uh, yeah, you do not have to reveal their names um, (laughs) if people are not comfortable, but I'm just, because people listening to this, they, or even myself, this all sounds great, but, you know, when you have something like a, an example of someone who's done it, uh, it really uh, makes it stick.
1: Absolutely. Um, I'll give an example from each of the categories. Now, Sure. First, I'll say I have a, a community of hundreds of people, and it's a pretty brand-new community. And in in that group, I have made sure that I've brought in my friends – and colleagues that are living and doing this thing for the exact reason you mentioned. I don't want people to think, how is this possible? It's one, one person did it. And if I'm the one person that did it, then it's like, eh, that's not enough. So, um, the digital nomad space, we both know, uh, and how we know each other, Arnie Giske. he's out there as a digital nomad, uh, living and running his digital Uh agency and currently just going from country to country for a couple of weeks at a time. Um, And he did that all within the span of, I believe his story is like two years ago, he had like a job where I think he was doing stuff delivering, being a delivery person, and then decided not to give up. And for him, the mindset and making the decision is what allowed him to say, okay, yeah, this is hard, but I'm going to keep at it. Uh-huh. So that decision is so huge. And so now, as you know, his group has like 30,000 people and he, from the group, he was able to, he was able to create a lot of, um, revenue, but I'll even bring it down to another example. That's maybe not a full blown company so that people can see that you don't have to create a whole company to do this. Um, I know someone who is a social media freelancer and not a full blown company, simply a freelancer. And she's also doing the same digital nomad experience where she's got social media clients. And right now she's in Europe as well. I believe she was in Greece before um, and London before that. So it's all very attainable on a scale that is, doesn't have to be this big massive empire that you build, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now travel related, so you can have a travel related job. And I have a friend who is a travel influencer Slash blogger, where she's able to partner with really big global brands, and she literally, her job is to go to places, experience them, and write about them, create content around them, so that other people can see how great these countries are, and she gets paid to do that. Um, she had a corporate job a while back, maybe three years ago, and she quit that corporate job because it just wasn't fulfilling her. And now she's doing that. Uh, and then let's see, the expat space. Oh, there's a lot of these. Okay, let's start. Okay. I have a good friend who actually, just this summer, she used to be a lawyer, and just this summer she moved to Spain. And she just picked up and said, well, she visited before, and she, she's kind of been there before, and she picked up, relocated to Spain. She's currently teaching English. Now this actually is a great example of that wasn't the exact thing she wanted to do, but it's the stepping stone for her. So she said, okay, well, being able to accept that contract for a year is going to be what helps me go to this other place, which, or I'm sorry, to stay there longer because if you're there on the ground floor, then you can create the relationships that will lead to the better job offer for the longer term. So it's like, I can name more and more and more. I, you know, I've got great examples. Um, I have another friend. His name is Aaron. He wouldn't mind me sharing his name. <laughs> and he started off teaching English in Hong Kong, I believe. And it was either Hong Kong or Vietnam. And he said, you know what? I'm going to take that opportunity because I've always had an interest in living somewhere around the world. So let's see where this takes me. He's now the head of global training at a company in vietnam after a year of um teaching english so it was like just under being open and understanding like okay well if my vision is to experience the world this is a stepping stone let's continue to do it you know and like there's a million examples so when people come into my community they'll see that and they'll see like i'm not your one you know example out of millions of people there's thousands
0: that, that is great. That is extensive. And you, you shared multiple examples. I'm glad you went into the stories of each one. Uh, so at least people get a different perspective. And if, you, if they are in that careers, they have, uh, I shouldn't say hope, but they have more confidence that they can do that same as well. So during this interview, we, co- we covered a lot of ground. We found out the three different types of global careers, what are some of the benefits for someone doing it, some of the challenges, Uh, Some of the insights, uh, sorry, some of the steps they can take to get there and also some examples. Uh, We are coming to the end of our interview. A couple of questions. Uh, If people wanted to learn more and find out more about you, Chizzy, how do they find you?
1: Sure. They can join my Facebook community, which is called Create Your Global Career. Uh, And I'll send you that link so that you can link it up in your show notes.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I will definitely add that to the show notes. Um, And before we wrap up, last question. Any any final thoughts or any final words that you'd like to share with the audience?
1: Absolutely. Um, I am a big proponent of making room for what you pray for and being honest with yourself about what is important to you. I think in this day and age, when you get to a certain age in life, people try to say, well, you should be doing this and your life should look like this. Which usually it means by the time you're 30, you should already have three kids. You should already be married and you should already, and you should have a corporate job where you go into an office every day and you should be an executive by then. I believe that getting caught up in our shoulds is what gets a lot of us in trouble. And by trouble, I mean we're miserable. Uh, so I want to share with everybody and I want them to really be, be still for a little bit and go inside and really ask themselves like what it is that they want. I'm not telling you to go travel the world and go and live abroad if that's not what you want. But I am saying that the things that you believe are going to bring you joy and make you happy, follow them. You know, There's ways to do it. It doesn't have to be drop everything you're doing and move abroad, right? You can do it in a way that feels good to you. And what helped me get to this point is what I call honest courage, being honest with myself and saying it's still important to me to experience the world. There's people that have said, but you've already done that. And to them, I say, yeah, but it brings me so much joy that I want to continue to do that. And to your audience, I say, whatever that thing is, follow it make room for it, make time for it, be patient about it, and just know that there's ways to incorporate it in your life. If you're someone that's risk-averse, then awesome. You can go and get a travel-related job. You know, there's even ways that where you can spend, you know, two weeks volunteering abroad. You can take a sabbatical. Whatever that is, really just be honest with yourself because you only have one life to experience what you want. And those are the types of things that, I want your audience to know that there are people that can support you. There are communities that can support you. And so when they join the community, I would love for them to let me know that they came in here through listening to this podcast and I welcome them. Even if, even if it's just a thought in their minds, if that thought keeps coming back, it doesn't go away until you actually pursue it.
0: Wow, that's that's definitely an inspirational uh, way to end. Uh, thanks for sharing about honest courage, be true to yourself. Uh, amazing wrap-up. Um, cheesy thanks for joining us, sharing your ideas, sharing your story, sharing examples. It was a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks,
0: everyone, for listening to this particular episode of the Career Medicine Podcast. Um, as mentioned during the interview, I have written a brief summary with also a link to the Facebook group that Chazy had mentioned. Uh, if you had enjoy if you enjoyed this particular episode um, and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, uh, definitely go ahead and share this episode among your network. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Medicine Podcast. Thank you.